building, y'all. And it was given to us. That's absolutely amazing. Just think about what God can do from a living room four years ago. Now there's hundreds of people coming to Kerr County campus, and now they have a building. And isn't God just faithful? Man, I'm so grateful to be part of a church that is a church-planting church. Amen. Woo. Well, hey, if I haven't had a chance to meet you, my name is Cody, and I get to bring the word to y'all today, and it's going to be fun. We're going to have a good time. Y'all look good today, except for those Eagles jerseys. Who are those? Amen. Amen. Lord, bless the Cowboys today. Amen. Bless them, Father. Nervous. For the Cowboys, not for now, for the Cowboys. Hey, uh, man, we're really excited. Next week, somebody say next week. Oh, come on, you got to do better than that. You got to be with me. Let me just, I'm just going to do my ground rules from the beginning. I am a talk back preacher. So you have to talk back to me. It's my first rule, okay? When I speak, you speak back, okay? So I'm going to give you a chance. I'm going to say Jesus is king, and you're going to say whatever you would say. Are you ready? Jesus is king. Hey, that's better. My second rule, if I say I love you, you say Amen. Even you online, I need to hear you, okay? Put it in the comments, something. But hey, say next week. Next week is an exciting week. This is going to be the, 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 the culmination of our Kingdom Builder series. And, uh, and we're, we're excited to announce next week, we're going to be announcing our 2022 Kingdom Builders total. How many of y'all are excited to hear what, where we ended up? I'm not going to tell you what it is today, but I will just tell you, it's awesome. It's really awesome, and it's really exciting. And so, uh, not only are going to be sharing what happened last year, we're also going to be sharing uh, our new goal for 2023. And once again, can I tell you right now, it's awesome, and it's going to be so much fun. So when you get here next week, you're going to get one of these books. And one of the things I want to just, just encourage each of us to do today is on page 7, obviously you don't have it today, but there's this part where it's going to be a kingdom plan, uh, uh, a commitment, make a plan. And so I just really want to just challenge each one of us today and ask each one of us today to pray. And ask Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you in what is your part. What is he asking you to give? And we're not just we, when we pray that prayer, we don't just ask what can we give. We come, to the, we come to the Lord and we say, Lord, everything we have is yours. And we say, what would you have us give this year? And he may give you a goal that seems small or he may give you one that's like, ah, what? Right? And, and those are the fun moments. Those are fun moments. So I just really want you to be praying because next week we're going to be kind of really taking in this idea of this, hey, what are we doing for, for Kingdom Builders for 2023? It's going to be a good time. we got some good projects in here, y'all. And I've been looking through this book, and as soon as I got it, I was like, wow, this is going to be a good year, y'all. So Kingdom Builders 2023 is going to be a, a whole lot of fun. Amen? Y'all ready to get into the Word today? Amen. Go to uh, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17 and 19. Are you ready? Oh, you are already falling asleep on me. Are you ready? 1 Timothy 6, 17 through 19. Command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty nor to trust in uncertain riches but in the living God who gives us richly 
all things to enjoy. Let them do good that they may, that they may be rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share, storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come that they may lay hold on eternal life. That's a good word, y'all. The issue is, is that, is that for, for a lot of us, and maybe you're like me, that when you read that scripture and it says, tell the rich people, you're like, yeah, tell those rich people. When we read that scripture, we start thinking about other people. You see, what's, what the, the, the thing about us Americans is that the reality is, is we are rich, we just don't think we are. Because we're like, where is my millions and millions of dollars? That's like Elon Musk. He's rich, right? I'm not rich. But the definition of rich is not to have millions. It's to have everything you need and then some. If you have a then some, guess what? You made it. We did it, Mom. We're rich. And some of you are like, I don't have a then some. It's because it's, it's on those credit cards. Amen. We won't go there. That's Financial Peace University. Sign up in the lobby. Amen. Well, it's funny. Was I, as, I was, as I was preparing this week, um, I was talking to my mother-in-law. Now, she's, she's phenomenal. She's amazing. I was kind of reading the scripture. What are you preaching about? I was like, well, I'm going to preach out of this scripture. She goes, you know what's funny? Now, my mother-in-law, one thing you got to know about her, she works in bi- very high-end insurance. She writes insurance for very high-end clients. Like when they call her, it's like a $30 million house. Or they're like, hey, can you help me insure my $300 million of art, right? I don't have $300 million of art. I've got a couple pictures my kids have colored, and I like them a lot. But I don't need to insure them, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) And so just to give you an idea of of the type of level of clientele she's dealing with, right? And she said, she made this statement to me that just stuck out to me. She said, you know what's crazy? Is I constantly have to remind these people that they're affluent. And I'm like... If they don't know it, who does know it, <laughs> right? And, and, and the reality is, is we may not have, have to insure, you know, a $2 million Porsche or anything like that. But if we have a then some, we're rich. And I just want to encourage you all in America, well, guys, we're so rich. But then it leads me to the question then, okay, when I start reading the scriptures, from now on, when you see uh, an admonition to the rich people, say, that's me. And so instead of skipping over it thinking, yeah, man, that's good for them, we got to look at those and go, okay, this is me. This is me. And so then we have to look at it and go, okay, now what am I to do with this? And this is the good news is that Paul gives us three really good things here that we're going to point out. Are you ready? Oh, my gosh. You failed again. Are you ready? Amen. That's a little bit better. Number one. The first admonition was to be humble. Command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty. Can I say something about pride here for a second? I love this stuff. God hates pride. I thought God is a God of love. We're not supposed to hate nothing. No, God hates pride. God hates pride. Pride. Uh, Proverbs chapter 6, 16 and 17. I won't read all of it, but it says this right here. These six things the Lord hates. Yes, seven 
are abomination to him. Do you know what the very first one is? A proud look. Woo! God hates pride. God hates pride. And what does this have to do with being rich? Well, let me ask you a question. Do you, do you take a lot of pride in what you drive? Do you have to all constantly upgrade your car? Do you have to have the next designer shoes? Do you have to look just right? Do you have to have that Gucci bag? You know what I'm saying? The one that says Gucci on it, but you know you got it on the sidewalk. I'm just saying. <laughs> I can't tell the difference. Wear that thing. I can't tell the difference. It looks good. But the reason God puts this in context here is because how often, how often are we trying to keep up with the Joneses? We got to get that bigger house so we can Instagram it. You know what I'm saying? We're constantly after more things. And let me talk to you a little about pride a little bit more. I'm going to dive into this. This is the antithesis of, hum, of humility. James 4, 6 through 7 says this right here. But he gives more grace. Therefore, he says this. Watch this. God resists the proud. Woo. But gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Now let me break this down here for just a second. When he says that God resists the proud, that word in the Greek literally means, when you go to understand the definition of this in the Greek context, it means this right here. To line up against. The context is to line up in battle against. <laughs> what this scripture says is that God himself will line up in battle against pride. Like, like, like if I, I, I like to play basketball, okay? That means he's going to put on the other jersey. Yeah. And you're going to find yourself fighting against God himself. Now, you might be better than me, but I'm just going to be real. The last problem I need in the world is for God to be fighting me. I get in enough of my own messes, and I know there's a devil out there and all of that. I'm, I'm just trying to keep my head above water and follow Jesus. And then love my wife and keep my kids going. I'm just, you know, like all of this, the last thing I need in the world is for, is for me to line up in this game of life and find God facing me. God hates pride. So what should we do? The Bible says, well, what are we going to do? Be humble. Well, what does that look like? Well, that's a good question. Romans 12, 16, I want to point out one thing here. <laughs> I love you. Ooh, there you go. You had almost slipped, and then you caught it. Good job. Romans 12, 16. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Now watch this. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Woo. What is humility? Not being wise in your own opinion. This is so anti-American. We're so in love with our opinion. We're right and we know it. We're so right, we created a platform so we could tell everybody else how right we are and how wrong everybody else is. You know what I'm saying? We are right. Thank you, Facebook. Right? We are right. How many of y'all in here, let's just be real for a second. I'm going to tell on myself 
as well. How many of y'all are that person that like, you know you're right? Come on, y'all. Y'all like, tell the truth, shame the devil. Some of you have a spouse that's like, that's you. It's talking about you, right? And it's, he's probably thinking the same thing. Anyway. We love to be right. So let me, let me just define humility. Humility, listen, humility is surrendering our right to be right. Humility is sur- surrendering your right to be right. If you're married in this place, listen, let me give you some free counseling. Do you know what's going to save your marriage? Surrender your right to be right. 99% of marriage problems are surrounded by this idea that I'm right and I know I'm right. I'm right. Fellas, I'm talking to you. You got to take the lead. I'm this dude, I'm not going to lie to you. Like, I know that I've had it working as the Lord has worked on my heart and is working, right? Like, when I think I'm right, it's hard, right? And I've had to learn to surrender my opinion and what I think is right because it's not always right, right? I love this because I'm not here to talk. I'll be honest, that was, that was free, okay? That was free. I'm not here to talk about, ma- uh, to talk about marriage, okay? That's just, you just take that for free. I won't charge you for that one, okay? I'm not here to talk about marriage. I'm talking about your relationship with God. And the specific context is our finances in this sermon series. We have to learn to lay down our opinion of what we think is right. Watch the scripture. Amos 3.3 says, how will two walk together unless they are in agreement? Unless they're agreed. Can I just tell you something? You can't even really walk with God until you agree with him. Unlike your marriage where maybe you guys meet in the middle, can I just tell you right now, we're like, you know, in a marriage where like you're a little right and she's a little right. Both of you are a little right and you're both a little wrong. Maybe you need to meet in the middle. God is not meeting you in the middle. He is right. I'm going to say that one more time. Here's one thing you've got to understand about God and you've got to understand for your relationship with God. If there's one thing you understand is God is right. No matter what he asks you to do, he is right. If he asks you to be humble, he's right. If he's asking you to pray, he's right. If he's asking you to tithe, he's right. If he's asking you to go ask for forgiveness, he's right. If he's asking you to go forgive, he's right. If he's asking you to go to church, he's right. If he's asking you to give money away, he's right. If he's asking you to reconcile, God is always right. Right, And if you're going to be a follower of God, then you have to settle that from the beginning and that everything you read in this word, y'all, is right. And our position is not to try to argue with God and try to get our opinion through to him, but to say, God, you are right and this word is truth and I will walk in every bit of it. Let God be true and every man a liar is what the scripture says. Oh, I love this. You can't even get saved without agreeing with God that you're a sinner. I must come into agreement with him. So humility is saying, God, you're right. God, you're right. 
God, you're right. And if we just take that position, then all of a sudden we become great followers of Jesus because when we see it, we'll do it. And we'll be like, because I don't know about you all, I like to be right. And the only way I can ever assure that I'm always right is to agree with God. If you want to be right, agree with God. Amen. Be humble. Surrender your right to be right. I love you. <laughs> Number two, trust God. Pretty simple. <laughs> trust God. Command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty, nor to trust in uncertain riches. Trust, that's a big, that's a big word in the kingdom of God. That's a big word to God. That word, that word literally means to, uh, to put your confidence in. Full confidence, like, like full lean, like, like if I'm leaned on this, fully confident that it will hold me. Right? Fully confident. I, I'm shifting all of my weight in trust that it'll hold me. And I, I remember I remember as a dad, and I'm gonna tell you why this is such a big deal, is because God is a father. When you think about God, you gotta think about him as a father. I'm gonna tell you why this is such a big deal. Uh, I, 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 I'm, I, I had this moment with our kids. Um, when my boys were little, now they're 13 and 11, my baby girl is 7. And, but when the boys were like 4 and 2 or 3 and 5, somewhere, somewhere right in there, um, uh, we, we went swimming. And, and they had never, we never had, had, they never had the confidence to, to jump off of the, the ledge, you know, to, to, to me. And, and I remember we had this moment here with Judah. You see that? You see that hesitation? I'm going to tell, like he wanted to jump. He'd seen some other kids jumping and he was like, I want to jump. This is Judah, right? And then, then he's going to look over here at the camera like, hi, mom, I got you. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you right now, this was a frustrating moment for me. As cool as it could have been, as awesome as it was, and I was like, yeah, on the outside, I was like, yeah, this is my boy, he jumped. Woo, he did it, y'all. He did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a great moment. Let me tell you what was really happening inside my head. Let me tell you what was really happening inside my head because you don't, what you didn't see in that slow-mo eight-second video was the 15 minutes before. God, 15 minutes before he just wouldn't jump. And here's what my thought, here was what going in my head was one, do you not believe I can catch you? Like, come on, bro. I can catch you. <laughs> Some of you are looking at it like, can you? <laughs> but I was literally like, like, I can, can you not believe I can catch you? Do you believe I can catch you? And he was like, yeah, I know you can. Then I said, do you believe I won't? Do you believe I won't? Do you believe that I will let you drown in this water? And it's frustrating for me as a dad watching my kids not being willing to jump to me because to me it felt like they were doubting whether I could or whether I would. And I think that's exactly how our Father God thinks. Do you not trust me? Which one is it, guys? I can, I, I can see God so often be up there and be like, which one is it? Do you not believe I can? Do you think my arm 
is short? Do you not think I'm strong enough to catch you? Do you not think I'm big enough to catch you? Do you not know that I created the heavens and the earth and I hold it all in the palm of my hand? Do you not believe that I hold all things up by the word of my power? Do you not believe it? Oh, yeah, God, I believe you're strong. I know you are. Then do you not believe that he will? Because as a father, that's the one that would hurt me the most. It's one thing to question my strength, but dang, are you really going to question my character and my concern for you? So which one is it that you don't trust? You see, you see, this is a big deal in the body of Christ. This is a big deal for us is that we have to learn to trust God. We have to learn to trust him. The Bible says that it's not even possible to come to God unless we come to him in faith. Believing that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Do we trust God? Last time I checked, we're called believers. Do you know what believers believe? They believe. That's what we do. Now, I'm not talking about this just like belief in word, like, yes, brother, I believe. This is what I tell guys when they, when they tell me that. They say, I ask them, I say, are you a believer? Like, yeah, I'm a believer. I said, cool, so is the devil. James chapter 2, go read it for yourself. James says, you do well. You do well that you believe. Good job. Awesome. That's belief in word only. Unless there's corresponding action is what James says, it's not gotten to faith yet. So let me ask you a question. Have you ever jumped? Or are you still sitting? Are you still sitting on the on the side of the pool going, God, I don't know, I don't know. Or, or, or maybe, maybe you've got to the point where you're like, I know I should jump, so you're like, ah. Nope, not today. Almost got me. See, believers aren't just believers in word only, believers jump. Believers believe in the ability of God. Not only do we believe in the ability of God that he can catch us, but we believe that he will catch us. He's a good God. He's a good father. Psalm 119.68 says that he is good and he does good. There is no other part of him. He will catch you. I got news for you right now. When you step out by faith and you trust God based on his word, he will catch you every time. There is no such thing as God not coming through. He is faithful even when we are faithless, the Bible. See, he remains faithful because he cannot deny himself. This is our God. He is a good God. Not only he is strong, but he loves you and he will not let you drown. Trusting is Jumping. I trust God, brother. Well, then jump. And that's exactly what Malachi 3, some of 126 people decided to make that jump last week. And it's so amazing. It's so beautiful. Right? Make that jump. There is no such thing as God not catching you. You see, we want to, we want to see it and then we'll believe it. And God says, no, 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 no. If you believe it and you jump, then you're going to see it. I remember there was this moment, there was this moment where uh, my, my wife and I, we had just moved from Kansas City, and uh, we had moved to, no, moved to Kansas City from Tulsa, and um, we took a youth pastor job. And I'm just going to share some numbers with you just so you have a little context, okay? 
So when we moved from Tulsa, we were doing really well. We were doing we're at, least, at least decently well. And we, t- we went to Kansas City, and, and we took a youth pastor job. And it was, it was a great job. They took, they took really good care of us and all of that. But when we did it, this is real. This is a true story. We, we took about a $120,000 pay cut to go and be part of what God was doing. How many of you all know that calling is always greater than money? Yeah, so... So we, we took about a $120,000 pay, pay cut from doing really, uh, you know, decently well. And, and then we went to where we were, like, barely making it. You know what I'm saying? Like, just like, he was good. Whew. Amen. You know what I'm saying? Have you ever been in those seasons? And, um, and maybe some of you are like, we're there right now. But so we, 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 were, we were, took this big pay cut. And then, then I remember the Lord spoke to us one day, and he said, Cody, I, I don't want you to give 10%. I don't want you just to kind of plan to tithe and to give a little bit extra. But what I want you to do is I want you to start giving 20%. And I was like, <laughs> devil is a lie. You know, I was like, is that even possible? Right? And so I started looking at the numbers, and I was like, man, by the skin of our teeth, we can do this, right? And uh, so by skin of our teeth, we could, we could do this. And so this is, this is true. So we write the check. We give it. Amen. Gave 20%. This is a true story. So that was a Sunday. I look at, I look at our, our, our bank account. We, got a, we had a check hit like on Monday. And, and it was my, my, my pay was way more than it should have been. And uh, I was like, mm, that don't seem right. must have been a mistake somewhere. So we're, we're people of integrity, right? If, if the cashier gives us too much money, we, we give it back. Yeah, we're people of integrity. So um, I went to the I went to the finance department. I went to the CFO uh, at the time, and I was like, and they were like, I don't know what to tell you. Go to Matt, you know the the, the senior pastors. I was like, All right, I went straight to the I went straight to the head, right? And I was like, Hey, my check was way more than it should have been. And he looked at it and he goes, You're right. We did have some uh, some things happen, uh, and it was a mistake. But you know what? That's where I actually want you, and that's actually where I want to keep you. The day, the day we gave 20%, God gave us a 22% raise, y'all. The day that we did it. Now, I can't promise that God will do that for you. You understand that? But I will tell you that when you obey God, when you trust God and you jump, he will catch you. Number three, we're humble. We surrender our right to be right. Number two, we trust God and jump. Number three, we do good. This is the most exciting part. Command those who are rich in his present age. Let them do good that they be rich in good works, ready to give, and willing to share. This is the most fun part of this whole thing. This is the reason we have a and then some. So we can do good. So we're going to be willing to share, ready to give. This is the most fun you'll ever have. As a believer, this is the most fun you can ever have is if you get lost in giving. When you get lost in giving and you set giving as like out front, you're not not saying, God, you know, if I can't afford to, you're literally just getting lost in giving. God began to teach us this, Michelle and I, back in like 2013. Now, I'm going to tell you a story. And I told her. It's, 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 I don't want you to walk out of here and think that I'm preaching a prosperity gospel. I am not, okay? We are not a prosperity gospel believers, right? But we do know that the Bible says that for those who, when you trust God and you give according to the word, the Bible says that there is a blessing attached to that. 
We never ever give to get. But the Bible makes it very clear that we can never outgive God. When you faithfully trust God obediently in your giving, in your tithe and above and beyond, there is a blessing connected to that. God loves it. The Bible literally says he loves a cheerful giver. I heard one guy say it like this. He said, if you just get addicted to giving, he will support your habit. So I'm telling you things that I've lived out and I've experienced, that I've read in this Bible and I've put to the test. And I've wor- we've walked them out. In 2013, God began to teach us this stuff. God, that's 10 years ago now. Jeez. He really began to teach us this stuff. And, and, and at the beginning of the year, God, we had set some goals. And we were like, this is, this is our goals for the year. And one of those was a savings goal. This is how much we wanted in savings. And it really wasn't a lot of money. It was a lot for us. But it really wasn't a lot of money. Uh, but it was honestly, it was, it was an audacious goal. It was a big goal. There was honestly, if you would have like reconciled our bank account and our bills, you'd have been like, ha that's not happening. But we set it as a, as a savings goal. And then right at the beginning of the year, God spoke to Michelle and I's heart and he said, turn that savings goal into a giving goal. And I was like, <laughs> honestly, this one was easier anyway, to be honest with you, because I was like, that wasn't possible to save, so it won't be possible to give, so uh, okay. But it was, it was too big for us, to be honest with you. There was no way we would do it. But what was crazy is we started to give. And we set, our, we set a giving goal, and we started giving, and we started giving, and we started giving. And it really began to change our life. And it began to set a precedence for us. And I'm going to tell you the story, and I'm very careful to tell you this, that I don't know that God will do this exactly like, like this for you. In fact, like, I will tell you this, is that in Bible school there was, there was, a, there was a time where the, a guy spoke to a, God spoke to a guy and said, hey, give this car away. And somebody, uh, somebody blessed him with a brand new car right afterwards. And so some other, other guys jumped on it and were like, hey, if I give a car away, I get a brand new one. Guess what they did? They walked. Okay? So you can't just be presumptuous in your faith. You have to hear from God. Okay? We had heard from God. And so we got lost in our, in our giving goal. And the true story is, this is a true story. At the end of the third quarter, we, we had just done some giving. Into the third quarter, and I looked up, and I looked, I looked at our spreadsheet, and I called Michelle. I said, Michelle, babe, we hit our giving goal. I was like, I don't even know how this is possible. We hit our giving goal. And this is a true story. Immediately. I was in sales at the time. God opened a door for me and my, my, my income quadrupled. By the end of the year, we were completely out of debt. We had our car paid for and I had enough money to buy Michelle her first house. From giving. And this is something that we believe that God wants to. Now, let's be honest with you. We, are not, we do not believe that God just wants to just give us a house and all of those type of things. Why does God want us to prosper? Why would God want to get money to your hands? To fund the gospel. This is what we do. If you're giving with a motive of, God, I want a bigger house and I want you to bless me, God, it's not going to work. But if you give because you love God and you love his work, I'm going to tell you right now that there is a blessing connected to it. So we do good. I'm going to give you a challenge. I'm going to give you a challenge today. Would you set a giving goal? And not just one, not just one where you're like, you know, we could comfortably do this. Would you pray about a giving goal? 
what would that goal be? If, if you were going to do that by faith, because the Bible says God loves a cheerful giver. If you were to do that by faith, what would that be? I'm not asking you right now. I'm just asking you to pray. Set a giving goal and then get lost and just get lost in making it happen and watch God do some amazing things in your life. And as you do, I want you to pray this prayer every single day. This is the thing that, that God began to teach us, not in the giving, but just also in the praying. And in 2013, he gave me this prayer. And every day I just woke up and I began to just say, Lord, is there somebody that needs blessed today? Who around me needs something today? I'll tell you a quick story, then I'll be done. During that year, there was, I woke up one morning, I prayed that prayer. Because you just never know who around you needs it. You might be sitting next to somebody today that if you're sensitive to the Spirit of God, He might speak to you about something. It may not just be money, it may be, maybe, maybe encouragement, maybe just a dinner, maybe something. Listen for the voice of the Holy Spirit. I woke up one day, I said, Lord, who needs something? And he spoke to me and he said, I need you to go to your friend, give him a blank check, and tell him to pay the next bill that comes in. And I was like, okay, that's weird, but I'll do it. So I did that. I called him, I headed over to his house. I said, hey, man, I'm going to be there in 10 minutes. So I got there in 10 minutes. I said, hey, here's exactly what the Lord told me to do. Pay your next bill, it comes in the mail. Gave him a blank check and I left. The check is a piece of paper. Just realize that. Woo, okay. Um, so I gave him a check. <laughs> a few days later, he called me. He said, hey, Cody, I, I know what you said. I know what you said the Lord said to do, but I, I'm not going to pay the next bill that comes in. I said, well, explain. He said, well, it's just way higher than it should have been. <laughs> so what do you mean? I said, no, I know what you're saying, but I know that God told me to pay your next bill that comes in. And he said, okay, you mean that? I said, yes. And he said, well, well, you, what we didn't know was that for the last about 30 days, we've had a gas leak. And what should have just been a, you know, a few dollars, what should have just been 50 or 60 bucks is now several hundred dollars. We can't afford this bill, but because of this check, we can pay this bill. Y'all, I don't know about y'all, but that not to me, that, the greatest blessing for me was the fact that, you know what, I heard God. And God was able to get money and resources through me. To bless his son and daughter. Y'all, they couldn't afford it in that season. But God did. And nobody knew. The electric company didn't know. The landlords didn't know. My friends did not know that they had a gas leak. But God did. And he made a way. And he made a way. And he'll make a way for you. And he'll make a way through you. Don't just put all your hands up and be like, yes, God bless me. Throw your hands up and say, God, what, who, who could you bless through me? That's your prayer today. Stand up on your feet real quick. I want to pray. If you would, would you just lift your hands up in this place today? Just lift your hands before the King of kings and Lord of lords. We're going to worship here in a second, but I want to pray. And I want to pray, and I want to see each of us to, to, to pray this out on our own. But we want to hear the voice of God today. Holy Spirit, you're here and you're speaking and you're moving as your sons and your daughters today. Lord, we listen for you. We want to be a blessing. You've made us rich and you've given us all things richly to enjoy. Now, Lord, we want to be a blessing. Who? 
can we be a blessing to today and this week. And Lord, we'll trust you and we'll jump. We'll be those who trust you and say, yes, we believe you can and we believe you will.